0: When you're lost in the darkness, look for the pod. Specifically, the Prestige TV podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, where we're breaking down every new episode of HBO's The Last of Us. On Sunday nights, grab your battery and join Van Lathan and Charles Holmes for an instant reaction to the latest episode.
1: Then head back to the QZ on Tuesdays for a deep dive with Joanna Robinson and Mallory Rubin. From character arcs to video game adaptation choices, story themes to needle drops, we'll parse every inch of this cordyceps coded universe. Watch out for mouth tendrils and follow along on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower, what's next? Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.
2: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design, and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, what am I saying? Gentlemen, let's be honest here. Um, guys, we missed you last week. As you uh, probably heard, it was wellness week over ringer slash Spotify. Mike and I did a live podcast on YouTube and we decided it was so good. It was such a good experience that Mike just didn't need to show up today. And now now it's just going to be me. So Mike's gone and Jesse Sportsboy Gibson will be hosting the show. So good to be with you guys. In honesty, that's not the truth. All right. Time to break it down. What's weird is having to react to my own reactions. It's weird being solo in the office, but Mike is at the Arizona Tops Conference right now. He will be back on Tuesday, Wednesday. We have a big show today. I'm not going to do a lot of banter right now. I know that's what you're expecting. Oh, here comes Sports Boy. Nonsense incoming. Well, hold your horses. It's not happening today because we have three guests with us. So... With all that being said, I want to hit us with the big picture. God, it feels good not to get the dirty looks and the comments. There's your big picture bounties. This is what we're going to talk about for our opening segment. If you have not seen social media is all buzz right now because uh, a, a man named shine who you, if you've been in the hobby for any amount of time, you're probably uh, familiar with him. He's a big spender in the card world. Controversy sometimes, but he put out a bounty on the Luca Doncic. I always yeah, you know, say what you will. However, Luca's Prism Black One of One card, rookie card. He put out a $1.5 million bounty. And then if you saw also Josh Luber uh backed that up with saying, uh-uh, not gonna happen. There's no way I'm getting this card. There's already been bounties on top of bounties for this card all of a sudden out of nowhere. And the question starts to come up in my mind, and I don't know if you guys have thought much about this. Are bounties always good for the hobby? Now, granted, bounties can be good, especially if it's something you're already collected or you like collecting. However, my question is, is this a good thing in the long run? Because ultimately, what this does is jack prices up, right? I mean, if you go out and look, I was, I was pulling up some prices for what this card would be and which is going to be 2018-19 uh, Panini Prism Basketball Hobby Boxes. A case at this moment, $60,000. A box, 5500 for first off the line, 5000 for your standard hobby box. Absolutely crazy prices. And so, of course the the bounty being what it is you're going to pay more but what what happens in the end do these prices crash do they stay high i mean ultimately someone's going to find this right i mean you would assume but my my thought is someone's gets left holding the bag right hopefully this out the price that it's at would be out of the range and, uh, of people buying unless you just had tons of extra money to spend so hopefully This is the guys who have that kind of money, but you know, there's going to be some people out there who are like, man, I've got that extra money in savings. This could be that, that big break moment. And they're going to go out and buy a box and they're going to waste 5,000 because they're not going to have the card in there. So my, I think it's fun because I I like the fact that it brings more attention to a product. Granted that product didn't really need a lot of attention it is already doing quite well, but It brings more attention to the card hobby, and that's fun. But ultimately, I don't know. This is something I would like to discuss with one of our guests later. So with all that said, let's go ahead, hit you with the rundown. Again, something I don't get to do as often with Mike here. So enjoy while you can, people. He'll be back Thursday show. The rundown is going to include our mystery guest to start us off with. Then we're going to go. To our first real-named guest, Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards. He and his buddy Zach are doing something really cool with the hobby, a little game, something that I think you guys are going to find very interesting. But we're also going to talk basketball, what's been going on over there, just because that's really the only sport that anyone cares about at this moment since everything else is quiet. We're going to then jump over to Jason Flynn, our favorite Irishman. He is going to be talking F1 today and, you know, a few soccer thoughts as well. We'll, of course, do your mailbag and we're going to round it out with, you know, who knows, maybe something crazy. Maybe we'll just end the show there because it'll be the best show we've ever done and nothing could top it. So with all that being said, this is a first, friends. Everyone, I'm, uh, I, I'm not one to typically involve my personal life in the show. I think. We can all agree I'm a very quiet person, very shy, some would say. But today, my uh, my lovely wife is joining us. Samantha Gibson, how are you? Hello, Jesse. I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Why don't you get closer to that mic for me? Just a little good? Yeah, Testing? You're right. You're doing so good. Thank you. So you're wondering, why is it that Mike leaves his work wife and brings his real wife to the show? And today... I wanted to start something that Mike and I have talked a little bit about doing anyways, which is different perspectives on the hobby. And I thought to myself, well, we all, a lot of us experience this perspective, but some don't. And I was curious, babe. Yeah. You have experienced me in the hobby for what, the last two years? Yeah. What do you what's your overall thoughts on card collectors in general?
1: Card collect the people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. us. Um Me and my well, fellow. Um, let's see. I don't know too many card collectors. I guess I just know you and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of new to this world, but um, I get it. I, I feel like I get it more than I did when you were in finance, like the stock market. That didn't make sense to me. That's that was too abstract, I guess. But okay. I get I get the collector's aspect. To me, that's tangible. That's something you can Cold and, yeah. it, and now I'm a sports girl because of it. <laughs> so I get that aspect too. Just um, did you
2: collect cards ever? I don't think I've ever no, asked you that. Growing that's the up. thing.
1: Yeah, I'm not a collector. I, you know, just in general. But I get it. I get that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, it just makes sense that that would have a value, and then connected to anyone's love of sports or not.
2: But do you think there's a problem? Anywhere? so oftentimes the <laughs> meme in like the Facebook group and other places is. Uh, The joke basically revolves around guys spending too much money and or time collecting cards, talking about cards, anything card in general. As you know, my livelihood, our livelihood depends (laughs) on the card hobby and, you know, providing content and entertainment. But as far as like the buying and selling, we could you could probably relate more to Mike in that situation as he is probably the closest example of someone who's really in it. What do you think about like overall the amount of time some guys can get uh caught up with the hobby
1: well i <laughs> I might not be the right person to ask because my husband's in the hobby and he's not really a he's sports boy <laughs> I'm but not a sports man. no I will say the stacks and stacks of you know cards around uh-huh. the house that i I don't know if you would miss or not are if you I did not that okay I did with that? Around. are you saying that,
2: that's not a good Maybe uh, that's my bugaboo It's okay. just
1: all the random. <laughs> Um, cards just everywhere and that I don't, I don't even know if you know, but yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that would be an issue, but it seems like it's a thing that would be like a stereotype for women too. Like, you know, women be shopping. Thank
2: you. That was my next question. Yeah, I mean, girls have their own collections, right? Like it may not be cards, but purses, shoes. I'm very fortunate to say my wife has never been one into the more expensive categories of collecting, but I will I do say have that a lot closet. Yeah, yeah. That closet's uh, yeah. I get a very small corner of that closet. <laughs> um okay, so you can respect the collecting yeah. part of the hobby. You can see why people are getting into it. Do, would you ever see yourself or maybe think about like your friends, family members who are not in the hobby now? Could you see them getting into it at any point? Oh, and yeah. And as you think about that, I put a little stack of cards Ooh. in front of you. I want you to look over some of these. Okay. Tell me what you what you would like, or if you could ever see yourself collecting any of these cards, you can just kind of name, you can kind of go through quickly okay. and see who there's.
1: Okay. So I'm seeing a Shaquille O'Neal up top, mm-hmm, that's Dak Prescott, which I get now. Yeah. I do dig This deck. girl,
2: this girl's a football girl. I am. Fellas, I'm telling NFL, you.
1: That's where it's at. So I can appreciate that. The thing is the actual card itself. I haven't really seen cards that I love the, dis- like the way it actually looks. Okay. And I might not be somebody like die hard hobby guys would like, because yeah. I kind of like that the investment aspect. So that's what I get. I'm like, ooh, I could turn this around and make some money. Sure. Um, but let's see. Ooh, this but I that's can a big get behind part of the hobby
2: too, babe. I mean, so
1: we've got the oh, yeah. Kanye West, Taylor Swift. So these the celebrity cards I think are cool. That's where you and I are in the same boat. I do think those are fun. Okay. And um,
2: I was wondering what you were going to say about that because I don't know if we've I've ever really gotten your opinion on that.
1: I don't. Know. Oh, it's oh he's from the Monkees, yeah. Mike. Oh, okay, ne- Nesmith. Sure. okay it's
2: one of the monkeys
1: but that's fun i like the way this looks i can't get behind that i like that um let's see what's going on here spencer torkelson that
2: that's an auto okay all right babe you're upsetting a lot of our listeners right now it's okay (laughs) you're trapping me you know what what? mlb is
1: not my thing so that's but uh, okay oh, oh elon musk i thought that was mike for a second doesn't hey, that look like Giuseppe? Don't you
2: compare Elon Musk to Mike?
1: Oh, I'm not good. <laughs> but doesn't that look?
2: I could see it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But you
1: have also been Someone likened said, to Elon Musk. They didn't
2: specifically say the term "chubby Elon Musk," but that's what they meant. <laughs> that's what they meant. Um, okay, so you could see a world where yeah. maybe you would lean more towards a celebrity card or something like that to have of sure. your own personal. Yeah. What What do you think it would take for maybe mainstream? Yeah, I don't want to say mainstream people, but just people like yourself to actually go out and make a purchase on your own.
1: I think it's already happening. Like, you know, ever anytime somebody hears that you are in the card world, mm-hmm. I mean, you experience that. They're like people who don't know anything and they're like, uh, you know, well, I saw it garage sales or, you know, there's YouTube. People are always looking to make a quick buck or yeah. whatever. So they like the whole flip situation. So I, I don't think it would take much as far as that goes. Okay. Yeah. It would just be the money part of it. The investment part.
2: I think that's a big part of it though. As you know, that's one of the reasons why I got in was because I liked not only the fact that I could, could collect something like a Mario card or something like that, but also cause I, at the time I wasn't as into sports as I would be now, but the the fact that I could collect something and it also be, oh, it's also worth something. So yeah. the mm-hmm. fact that you could do that. Do you think it would be you'd have to be given a card first or do you <laughs> think you would ever go out and just buy one yourself?
1: Um Yeah, I might have to be given one. But I'll tell you what, at, at the... Whenever the stimulus checks were starting to pop out oh, in yeah. the middle of COVID, I legitimately was like, do I need to be doing this? Do <laughs> I need to get, you know, and, and so, sure. yeah, just trying to learn the ins and outs that way, how it could be profitable. But, okay. um, but you know, when things interest people, I get it. It's cool to have a piece of that.
2: Well, hun. Yeah. This has been fantastic. You did so great. <laughs> I'm really uh, I'm really excited for the future of this segment. But also <laughs> how did you, you were into our it. first guest? And precious. Uh, I guess I'll see you where we live at the same house.
1: <laughs> hey, it's a date.
2: Awesome. Can't oh, wait. you heard that, folks. All right. Love you, babe. Thanks for joining Love and have you. a great day.
1: Bye, everybody.
2: Bye-bye. Well, there you go, folks. The lovely Samantha Gibson. Was able to join us and talk a little bit of the outsider's perspective on the hobby. Granted, she she has a little toe in, thanks to Sports Boy and uh, Old Geo being in her life. But I wanted to get an idea for what the average, you know, average person who's not already in thinks about it. We're also going to have some other folks, including some younger, you know. We want to get all age frames, all you know, anybody who's not or who is in the hobby. We want to get different perspectives to see what people think. So it'll be fun. There'll be short little segments like that. Looking forward to doing it again in the future. Again, thank you to my wife. Next. So that brings us to our next guest. Mr. Josh Cohen is going to be joining us from PC Sports Cards.
0: This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like...
2: Josh Cohen is joining us. Josh Cohen from PC Sports Cards. How in the world are you, my friend? Jesse, I am great. Had a you nice are month. Great.
3: Yeah, had a nice month. My wife traveled twice without me. It was great. Oh,
2: did you? <laughs> you actually don't know this, but the guest I had on right before you was my wife. So <laughs> it's funny. We're all talking wives today. Weird enough, um, I saw that you, actually, you and your wife did travel. Where were you
3: recently? You were at some big events, weren't you? Uh, we were at the Phoenix Open, uh, which is the Waste Management, which is the number one party in golf. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it's uh, 150,000. At the Waste 000. Management? Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, ASU throws a party at a golf tournament.
2: Dang. Okay. So yeah. you went there to party with your wife. Makes sense. You're how old again? I'll be 40 in April. <sighs> never too young or never. too old and then uh we went to the super bowl mm i had a sip of coffee when you said that i forgot it was the super bowl <laughs> <laughs> this how how in the world did you do that the super bowl's got to be crazy expensive did you have to buy tickets well ahead of time i bought tickets the week
3: before i have a friend that had a connection so i was able to buy tickets at face value and still spent way too much money but you only live once.
2: Do you ever feel like you brag too much? Because uh, stop bragging about it, bro. <laughs> I mean, golly, that's awesome though. We're good. Take uh, good seats. Uh, row
3: nine in the end zone. So yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say about bragging about it? Golly. I can only answer questions honestly.
2: <laughs> Josh, uh, as the co-owner of PC Sports Cards, you do your fair share of consigning we you're a sponsor of the show we work together quite a bit but i really wanted to talk a little bit with you about your experience at this moment in time you know this is what end of february 2023 what are you seeing out there right now as far as what's what are guys selling but also you know what are they sending to you to sell but what also what is actually selling what are people buying from you guys what do you see trends of
3: we're getting everything all over the place, right? Like we're selling three, four, 5,000 cards a week. So it's hard to just pin down what sport or what non-sport or what we're getting up because whatever comes in goes up. There's no specific thing that people are selling right now that they aren't selling at other times of the year. Obviously seeing a small uptick in baseball stuff that people have been stashing for this time of year. Um, The one interesting thing that we saw is we we've converted a bunch of our stuff from fixed price to auction in the past 2 weeks. Oh, okay. And stuff is selling at auction at higher than the fixed price number that we had listed. Really? Yeah, we had a, we, we had a Jerry West auto listed for like 150 or 200 bucks it sold for 300. We had other cards that it just it's just stuff that sold that didn't get paid is getting relisted, sold for a higher number and getting paid. Um
2: Very interesting. Do you think like, so what percentage of your auction or your listings would you say are fixed versus auction?
3: 80% is auction, I would say. Oh, okay. All right. So we we started taking fixed price consignment in the last six months and that's really growing a lot. A lot of people are putting stuff in there that they don't want to take the risk on an auction with. So they put it at a fixed price.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, and they would usually, cause my, my thinking is why use consignment for fixed price stuff? And it's more, For you guys, it would basically be because more eyes are going to end up seeing it overall. Is that the
3: general bonus for using a consignment shop? There's a number of reasons. Um, First of all, more eyes, right? We have hundreds of thousands of people looking at our cards. But if if it's a certain price, I think over $500, you're getting a better payout from us than you would be directly from eBay. That's right. Of course. Yeah, fees are different. All right. And you also don't have to deal with it, right? Like you give us the price you want to take, the price you want to decline. We basically set it up to do it. We, we get a number and you don't have to deal with managing it, shipping it. Also for us, which separates us from a lot of the other companies is you can use that money when you sell a fixed price item or anything on consignment to pay for your grading orders or to buy other cards from us. So there's other ways you can use the money where you don't take it in this income technically and then you could reuse it.
2: That's an interesting way to look at it. Okay. Um. As far as the, you know, you mentioned Jerry West. Is it? Are there any kind of trends as far as I know? You said you don't. You just list everything that gets sent to you. But have you noticed like specific um, players? Maybe more Jordan. Maybe more like vintage. Anything like that uh, of what guys are sending into you? Prospects
3: right now because of baseball season. I, would, uh, I wouldn't okay. say that people are sending in. Any more or less vintage or 90s kind of modern stuff. I think that that's been really, really consistent over the last couple of months. And to me, it's one of the most undervalued markets. And like I collect Tim Duncan, so I'm very okay with it being undervalued still. (laughs) Fair. Um, But that's really, it's really, it's cyclical. So we're seeing, we're seeing people that had football in um, starting to sell that. And I know there was a question about football. Prices and stuff like that we could touch on that later if you want yeah, absolutely,
2: well, and the you know some of the reasons why I'm asking these questions is I'm going through uh the card lighter index, right, and I'm just checking like what's what seems to be doing well, what's not doing as well, and the overall idea that I'm seeing is from you know year to date, there's not a lot that's up, right, like as far as the some of these indexes go, and it shows me that Yes, there are things that are doing OK, things that are falling and things that are falling off a cliff as far as pricing goes, specifically like entertainment cards. Pricing on those is down significantly over the last couple months. Um, my my curiosity is, are there things that are not selling? Like, do you have
3: listings that, you know, don't sell very well at this moment? Not particularly. I mean, entertainment. I, I, You know that market better than I do, which is something I would never think that I would say to you on this show, <laughs> is that you know a market it feels better than me. <laughs> good. It feels really good. Um, but to me, entertainment cards are sort of like the other sport and non-sport stuff that came out in the last couple of years, where it was a really cool novelty when it first came out. And then the more they release of the same kind of thing, it's going to drive the price down because demand just isn't there for it. What's interesting
2: is like the, over the last, so I pulled up like a five-year index. And if you pull up over the five years, every category is green, right? You know, uh, of course. if you have a card of any kind over the last five years, it's probably going to be up. But what I thought was really interesting was that the entertainment section is the lowest of all of them. Now, that that may be due to the cards that are in that section. I don't know, but... It does make me wonder is there still good buying opportunity there and I know you don't know that area as well but to me as I look through it and I talked you know one of the things I talked to my wife about and I wanted the reason I brought her in is cuz she's not a hobby person she doesn't know anything about cards and it make in the Facebook group recently there've been a lot of posts of guys like sports guys guys who mainly post sports cards but they're like yeah I picked up this you know like old TV character or this video game card or whatever the case was. And it just makes me think, man, is this a decent time because of the fact that, you know, you look at a lot of these, you know, categories like football is up 600% in the last five years. Okay. That makes some sense. Basketball is up 550 entertainment cards. 33% over the last five years is what it's up. As far as like things that guys care about in conjunction with where you could make some money. It makes me think that's the one that's maybe not, you know, jumped to crazy high heights and you could actually still do okay with. But unfortunately, I don't know.
3: I don't know. Tell me, Jesse, do they have like high end stuff? Like I I know that I know that like Gypsy Queen and those kind of products sometimes have like shirts worn in shows or stuff like that. Do they have like a National Treasures type product like what they do with racing? With with the entertainment industry where you could separate it's better than everything else, or is it just like low end? Not really. Brands?
2: Yeah. I mean, well, so you definitely have like cards that will sell for premiums and that would do thousands of dollars. But as far as like an actual product that is like the national treasures of, you know, Marvel or whatever the case may be, that not exactly. You know, you've got some uh uh, some some product that does a little bit better and is regarded as a little bit more quality. I, I think the bigger thing you have is cards that you can just kind of tell no one cares about, like cards that are made by a manufacturer no one's ever heard of, and therefore, you know, you're not going to look to that one as the the rookie card, so to speak. So I think the the idea, though, is really intriguing. I like that a lot as far as having a, a premium thing, and that's kind of what I think Zero Cool was... Supposed to be and maybe still is. I think if anything is that, it would be zero cool. But even still, it's not, I wouldn't consider that, you know, the, the boxes of Jackass or I think they're still selling and they came out selling for like 150 bucks or something like that. You got the Netflix show that is also somewhere in that range. So they're they They sell okay, but there's nothing premium.
3: Yeah. I mean, that, that would be something that would actually add value and separate because a lot of people have a trouble, trouble dis- distinguishing what to buy. Right, so when you have set brands like in baseball, basketball, and football, of either high-end panini brands, whether it be NT immaculate, flawless, or like the more gradable type stuff like Prism Select Optic versus Bowman Chrome in baseball, you know, you you know what you should be buying or what will actually have a history of appreciating in value. And I don't know if that actually exists yet in entertainment for people to buy it as an investment type of deal, right? I'll,
2: yeah, no, that's a solid point. It's a you make a lot of. Good points in the sense that I don't, I can't think of anything besides pop century besides like Allen and Ginter. And like, there are some like Panini, they they've put out some products in the past, but nothing like consistent. I honestly, yeah, that that's a really solid point as to why maybe that section of this hobby is not doing quite as well. Whereas, you know, like we've talked about football up 600% basketball. I, I pulled this up just because granted basketball is down over the last, you know, year, but it's it's definitely held steady. It's not had any significant drops or anything like that. It's just kind of slowly coming back down to a normal, but still far above where it was pre-COVID. So at this point, I, I did want to ask you a little bit more about basketball in general, because you are a basketball guy, right? Like you collect a good
3: amount? Uh basketball is my favorite sport. I collect very specific basketball cards and okay. players. Um Okay. So, yeah, basketball to me right now is relatively easy to, to sort of figure out what you want to buy. Okay, tell me why. Pick out what team you think will make a run in the playoffs and buy the best two players on that team. Simple. I mean,
2: that, that almost sounds too simple, but okay. I mean, but it makes sense, though. So, I believe in the KISS method, right? You know what that is? Keep it, Keep it simple silly we don't say stupid in this (laughs) house okay so
3: i i pick up the the best brands that i could afford or the best cards that i could afford i know mike and i talked about this last time i was on i would buy second year gold of somebody before i would buy a high pop rookie card of somebody um but buy what you could afford of players that you think could make a run on those teams and you should see appreciation by the playoffs if you're right if you're wrong then you're gonna lose money right you're gambling you're speculating you're not investing at that point Who are you
2: buying right now
3: with that method? Anybody? So I bought, well, whenever you want to talk about it, we can about the project that I'm working on. So I'm buying for that project right now.
2: Okay. We'll talk about it in a second. I do want to get into it, but hang on. I I want to talk a little bit more basketball before we die. I I haven't,
3: I haven't picked up any specific players for the playoffs right now. uh, Just because we have a lot already, right? Like, we have a lot of Luca. We have a lot of Trey. We have some Tatum. We have some Giannis. Like I have the guys that I think the teams will make a good run. I picked up a decent Jamal Murray card that was cheap, you know. So like, I, I, the Nuggets are good. Um, I picked up some cheap Luca stuff, but like real cheap, like under ten dollar stuff. Um, so that that's who I would go for. I I I think that the Mavs could do good. I think the I'm a big Trey Young fan. I know everybody hates him um and his cards are the least paid for to, paid for on eBay across the board no matter what and Really Yeah th- for some reason Trey Young stuff just doesn't get paid for on eBay more wow. than any more than any other player um and it's not just us like I've talked to other consignment places and seen some people say like Trey Young just doesn't get paid so it is what it that's, is That's that's a good note for our listeners <laughs> out there
2: if you're listening to Trey Young be careful Buy fixed price um, don't buy auctions Oh okay there you go smart um so then in that case do you what do you think about the Suns um the the Suns and Mavs specifically cuz of course I think uh Celtics Bucks you know some of these teams that we've talked about a lot already we already know kind of an idea for who to invest in but I was looking up um some pricing and like Deandre Ayton does like 20 20 bucks and uh Chris Paul granted he's he's a little high for me especially given how long he's been in the game but um Devin Booker, like some of these guys I'm I'm considering as real investment opportunities just because they haven't really jumped ever since uh, Kevin Durant joining the team. But it does seem to be like a decent opportunity if you think that, you know, now they're they're more set up to go to the playoffs, to the finals.
3: The tough thing with the Suns, is, especially with Aiton, right? the tough thing with aiton is you have booker durant and cp3 so like one of those guys is going to be the one and like it's going to lean towards durant being the guy that brings them to the to the finals if they get there right because they couldn't get there without him so everybody's going to lean on him if he stays healthy um i like booker a lot i i like that team a lot i'm 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 a sun devil right i went to school out there i remember all their all their failures um they they just have this thing where they just can't win so i don't know that i would really start spending the money on them right now. Okay. I, th- I think Luca is cheap for what he is. You know about the Luca
2: uh, bounty, right? The, uh, I talked about it at the beginning of the show, the $1.5 million bounty.
3: Yeah. The one that sh- was it. shine that put it out. And then somebody else said like, Oh, I'll pay more than that. So same yeah, nonsense, been a few. But it's good. And I think that kind of stuff is good for the hobby. I, that's
2: a good, good I, that was actually what my opening, the opening segment on the show was, is it, are these big bounties good or bad for the hobby your take on
3: that is overall you think it is a positive so i think there's two good things like let, let's take the the big bounties like this are are good they they get exposure big big numbers people get excited about seeing big numbers what's better for the hobby is like the tops program with aaron judge and paul goldschmidt tops chrome cards i yeah i right? thought that was like, a genius idea to yeah. me and i say this a lot like Stuff under $100 is way more important to the hobby and the hobby the hobby longevity and bro, getting people into the hobby. And it's more affordable. More people could actually spend that money. $1.5 million is a cool number to look at. But how many people are going to compete with it? How many people are going to rip boxes of 2018 Prism to try to get that one card to get a $1.5 million? Those people probably have thousands of dollars already that they're gambling away every week. Right. So with that question where or with that
2: point being said what the question is are you going to spend $5500 on a box of prism 2018?
3: No, no chance. Really? Yeah, I, dude, I, I'm not a dude, I'm not You went ga- to the Super Bowl, bro. Go. Yeah, you, I'm, yeah I'm not you, a gambler could've. though. I'm not a gambler. That's the thing. It's so funny. I have That's a lot smart. Of, I have a lot of friends that ask me if I uh if I like do like DraftKings and online betting and stuff like that and I'm like I buy baseball and basketball cards for a living. I gamble more than more than your $50 bets every single day of my life. <laughs> but I'm not a gambler. I I don't I don't love ripping wax unless I could do the math equation to show me that it's worth it and I can make money. So like I I just and Zach's the same way. We both think the same way with that kind of stuff where it's all math equations on actually figuring out what the risk that we're actually taking is and that one is way too much.
2: Well, I do agree. I think like the idea where, you know, tops teamed up with the the hobby shops and stuff to to offer these buybacks and like the they're doing the thing with sgc for all the series one like nine dollar grades and so like these things that are affordable that can get guys you know uh what they want fast i i think that's a smart idea as a far as opposed to one guy getting 1.5 million dollars even though it is still fun it makes headlines my, my thought is like someone's going to be left holding the bag, you know, and in this case, it's going to be a lot of people holding the bag. So you know, the,
3: thing, the thing about the tops thing is you go in there, you get a pack, you get a cold packs, you get a Goldschmidt, you get a Aaron judge. And all of a sudden you get another 40 or $80 that you could spend on more wax and buy more yeah. stuff and maybe hit something else and just have fun with it. It's, yeah, about, it's about when it comes down to it. Like I look a lot at the business side of it for obvious reasons, um, but it's still about having fun. Zach and I ripped $1,500 of retail wax last week. It was one of the most fun things that we've ever done. That's cool.
2: I love that. I love hearing, like, when guys post in this uh, Facebook group about that, you know, bought all this wax, going to go rip it. They're not posting it because they're going to go sell it. They just bought it for the fun of it, you know, and I, I think that's really cool. I
3: bought it at Walmart in Arizona and had to fly home with it. <laughs> Why didn't you buy it at your own Walmart? Is there nothing there? There, I, My parents live in in a town that doesn't have a ton of people in it, so the Walmart ah. is always stocked. So every time I go there, I go buy stuff. I literally ripped open the blasters and put the packs into a bag to bring home. So Zach and I could do it together. It was hilarious. (laughs) Stopped at security, obviously.
2: A real fan here. Um, Well, I don't think we're going to have as much time uh, as I wanted to talk more basketball. I wanted to get your take on why Jason Tatum has like half the market value as John Morantz when you compare their rookie cards. It's just kind of crazy to me. But um, what we're going to do is I do want to talk more about uh, the project that you guys are also working on. I think it sounds a lot of fun. But we've got Jason Flynn... From Soccer Cards United in the waiting room, we're going to add him in and he's going to be the, the third man for the next little bit. Talk a little F1.
0: This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
3: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes
2: There he is. Jason Flynn from Soccer Cards United. How in the world are you good, sir? I'm good. Yes. Thank you for having me. I think every time we talk to you, your setup is getting like more and more professional. Now you've got like these blue, cool, like old timey radio mics. And you obviously are big time in me right now by looking at me with those like cool glasses and all this stuff.
4: How, How I have a question for you. How dare you? I just have that kind of audacity and I have two microphones and I'm not even using them both. I just, I just wanted to big time you by saying, look at how many mics I have. You're right. You still at one per person over there. You're right. We're up to two per person.
2: You're embarrassing myself and Josh, uh, right now. And I, you know what? I'm cool with it. This is a peaceful place today. As was mentioned, Mike's not with us. This is all keeping it real cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> With that in mind, do either, either of you have any comments that you wanted to make about Mike or to Mike so you
3: can hear them later? No, thank you. <laughs> I want uh, I get I <laughs> I in trouble.
2: It went so quiet. I, that was well, great. I, I, was,
3: I was being polite because Jason just came on. I'll stop doing that. Um, <laughs> okay. Cool. I was just trying to be nice to Mike because I talked to him yesterday, so I have nothing else to tell him that I didn't tell him already. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny.
2: He does breed a little bit of like... It's not hostility. It's a fun energy that makes you nervous at the same time it makes me nervous i don't know about you but um i'm glad, kind of I'm glad a, there's a kind
4: of a manic a manic aspect <laughs> to it where you feel like you don't
2: know what's going to happen and know? isn't that exciting that's why there's a show out there you know if it was just calm jesse Sportsboy over here saying you know let's let's all be friends no one wants that they want to hear about why there's a donkey and a card hobby i don't know it, it wouldn't uh, be a podcast it would be a sleep tape
3: I will tell you that I was a little upset we didn't talk about
2: Taco Bell right when we got on the show this time. Bro, you know I want to talk about Taco Bell. Oh my goodness, Jason, do you even know what Taco Bell
4: is? Do you have a Taco Bell? We don't have a Taco Bell, but I have been to a, a Taco Bell in America, so it's okay. I, I understand.
2: <laughs> okay, first off, that's
4: devastating to hear you don't have one. But yes. how, what was your experience? Did you, did you enjoy it? Um. I don't remember much. I think I might have had some things to drink that same evening and then just used the Taco Bell as soakage, and I thought it was a perfectly adequate food for soakage.
2: Soakage. that I think we all know what that means, but at the same time, I've never heard the term. So very interesting. This is a family-friendly show. We're going to move off the topic of Taco Bell because that's not good for anyone. I want to know, Jason Flynn, F1 is something that we haven't talked nearly enough about, but... Obviously, uh, because I got a a few questions about it, guys want to hear what in F1, in the F1 world, what's hot right now that's both player uh, drivers and product?
4: Well, so um, we're just uh, today is the or this week is the first race week of the 2023 season Uh, on Sunday. uh, It'll be lights out and away we go in Bahrain and a new season will begin. And we've had the product launches under the F1 license from Tops over the last little while. So we've had, um, we've had Flagship, we've had Chrome, and we've had Chrome. uh, Yes, Chrome. And then we also have uh, Sapphire. And we have Dynasty coming up as well. Sorry, excuse me. I had a little uh, brain fart there a few minutes ago. But um, we have uh, Dynasty coming up as well. And so I suppose people are just gearing up for the new season. There's some bargains to be got. Um, I think... People forget how, how you know, it hasn't been, there's been no activity over the last few months. It's just been the off-season in F1. And um, unlike other sports, there's not that much stuff going on in the wider public sphere during the off-season. You kind of have to be an F1 anorak to be following the testing and the car development and the livery launches where they show you how beautiful all the new cars are. Um, So a lot of casual F1 fans really switch off entirely between seasons. And you have to be a slightly more hardcore fan. Does it die more than most
2: other like sports the, uh, during the off season?
4: I think so because like when you think about it as well, so much of F one is proprietary. You know, like so much of the the car development, all the all the testing data, the teams have to just, out of necessity, keep a lot of that stuff under wraps, and they have to control the the flow of information about how their cars are working, how it's going, all very quietly and uh, very carefully. And um, so I think unlike other sports where preseason, I mean, in soccer now. The transfer window, there's as much news during the transfer window as there is during the season. The flow of, of news just doesn't stop. So fans are like tuned in year-round. I think for more casual fans of F1, who may have seen Drive to Survive, who may watch some of the bigger Grand Prixs, um, you just kind of switch off over the winter. I know I do.
2: Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of my sense too, is that like the reason we haven't talked about it is just because it hasn't come up. There, No one really asked many questions. But so... With that being the case, we do have, you know, there's a new product, as you mentioned, coming out it's still constantly. 2022 tops Dynasty, I think, comes out on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, I, I want to yeah. say.
4: Wednesday or Friday. I, I think it's Wednesday.
2: Um, yeah, Wednesday, March 1st. So yeah. with that being the case, is there, is there, is that the product right now to go after? Or would you say something different, a, a different product? Well, that's not... I mean, the thing about Dynasty
4: is obviously it has a price point. It's a, it's a higher-end product. Yeah, for um, one
2: card, $1,400 is kind of crazy, but... Yeah, I so know. actually,
4: um, we just opened a box of last year's Dynasty. It was our last box that we had, and it's currently going for about, about kind of $1,200. Um, and so it's kind of a big gamble. So for a casual collector, for a casual fan, you kind of have to be a high roller uh, to be opening Dynasty. So something like Topps Chrome and Topps, Topps Flagship as well has, for on the lower end, has relic hits in it too. So um, one of the things that we're we're trying to kind of, we're hoping to see in F1 cards is less the card collectors getting into F1 because we had that, we had a big boom of that card collectors diving into the F1 niche, buying up all the products. That was fine. But what I want to see this year personally is F1 fans getting into card collection. And So if it's stuff like flagship or or Chrome, I hope that we're going to try and keep, I think Tops are trying to keep prices down a little bit. Um, in terms of or of the ORP of these products, try and get them into the hands of collectors who are maybe buying their first or second ever product.
2: Now, I do want to talk a little bit about like the guys specific to Chase. But uh, back to your comment, you said you opened like a twenty twenty one Topps Dynasty for around twelve hundred dollars. Yes, I would. I'm curious, where did you guys get that box? Because when I was pulling up pricing, I uh, went to Blowout Cards, and they've got boxes for more than twenty twenty two. So like i said 2022 $1400 but it's over $1600 for 2021 i'm yeah, just so
4: curious we we actually we had it from the release we got it released release last year oh um, okay so we, we had kept it and the sale price we'd been selling them at shows and stuff we had a, we had a like a case that was opened accidentally so it was a five box case that had been opened so we couldn't sell it as a sealed case um so we'd been selling uh, the sealed or the sealed boxes that we knew were from a case but nobody would believe us um, and then eventually we sold four of the five boxes, and we knew what each because the F1 community is kind of still quite small, so we knew what each card was that it comes from each box. and so we said, there's probably one more big hit um in the uh, in the case, so we felt confident to open it, we opened it, and we got a good hit.
3: Were those really? cases okay. going up to like eighteen thousand dollars at some point? They were.
4: So you can imagine how how many tears I cried when somebody accidentally opened the case and I could no longer sell it sealed. <laughs> that's brutal. Well, yeah. that's funny though because that I mean
2: they've come down quite a bit then because that right now a five box case costs eighty one hundred. So yeah, I would. They were fine I mean, at one point. Do you think that's because of the off season and we see a, a return, or just guy rookies in that product just didn't do as hot?
4: I think basically twenty twenty Formula One. Uh, product had like this whole big boom. It was a niche, prices went crazy and 2020 prices are still very strong. And then 2021 prices came out and off the back of the success of 2020, people kind of just assumed the good times were going to keep rolling and the prices would stay high. And then it turned out they didn't. And a lot of people who had kind of assumed or had been told that F1 was just going to be a money printing machine and um, they got burnt on 2021 F1 products. So we saw this big, huge correction the other way where people just started to say, oh, F1, it's a fad, it's a niche, it's gone past, you know. Um, oh, okay. And now I think maybe the print runs have been tightened a little bit in 2022. The prices have come down a little bit from the, from the retailers and from the distributors. And so hopefully this year we see an invigoration, a reinvigoration of the, of the market.
2: Josh, do you see, like, can you think of, of many listings you guys do for,
3: for F1? Do you, I mean, is that very popular as far as what guys send in? we sell a bunch of it. Um, we have some breakers that send us stuff from it and we, we do a bunch of grading because it's generally other than I think tops Chrome one year was really bad, but in general, it's pretty good condition. And the problem with the tops Chrome was like peeling on the back edge. So it was a really obvious problem that you, you knew what to and what not to send in. Um, so we see a lot of people actually grading it to sell it. Okay. And I think Dynasty will grade well if people care enough about grading it because that generally grades well. It's usually one of those weird ones that grades well, even though they come out in mags. Um, But yeah, we've seen prices drop drastically from when we first started selling it. Which
2: okay, that is in
3: line with what we're hearing. Yeah, for sure.
2: With that, 2022. What is the who's rookie? Are we going after, or if it's not a rookie, what what's go the tr- attractive product, or I'm sorry, the attractive driver in that product?
4: So it's it's kind of strange because you have um you have like guys who may have had F2 cards who are now getting F1 rookie cards. Um, so I'll just uh, so really it's up to the it's up to individual buyers as to what you prefer. Do you want like the F2 card, which is in the F1 set, which could be called a pre rookie or could be called a rookie depending on what you're what you're thinking. And um, but it's kind of weird on this year's grid. So remember, like your your 2022 products are a year behind the season. So the 2023 season is starting, but we're just getting 2022's products, if that makes sense. But on the this year, we're about to have potentially on Bahrain, we could have four rookies on the grid. So you have, um, for the first time in in ages and ages, you have an American on the grid. So that's Logan oh, cool. Sargent.
2: Logan Sargent, um, okay. Logan
4: Sargent, yeah. So um, I believe there hasn't been an, an F1 uh, driver for America since 2015 and maybe not a full-time one since 2007 or something like that. So now we have an American. And um, he is, he's won races at F2 level, at an F3 level, and now he's he's at Williams um, driving for them. Now, Williams don't have a great car this year and won't be expected to do much, but I actually think being free from expectation is going to allow him to just drive And uh, to show off and like we've seen in other sports, like in soccer, we've seen that American American players in soccer, but maybe for American drivers as well, you don't actually have to be the best in the world to get a big bump in your prices because you're American. Yeah, that's
2: kind of what I was thinking, like just just the simple fact that he's American and there's this is a, a hobby that's so much based in America right now that if you have a player, even if they're not outstanding or are winning championships or whatever
3: the case may be, they will still sell. Okay. So I'm, I'm a novice when it comes to F1, right? So yeah, is F2 or F2 and F3 similar to like the minor leagues of baseball or something like that?
4: Yeah, exactly. So they're like a, a, a mix of kind of like a farm system for talent and a way for, um, for the, the, the teams to test out new technologies. And so like, um, they they recruit a lot from F2 and F3. So if you want to if you want to start racing, you basically start driving go-karts as a kid and you work your way up and then eventually F3, F2, and the very, very best of the best get to F1. But um so yeah, like Logan Sargent is going to be going around and we have three US uh races this year. So the, there's the the Austin uh the one in Austin, the one in Miami and the one in Vegas. So you're gonna have him driving in front of three separate home crowds. Um, so really it doesn't matter I mean the best example is Christian Pulisic that I can think of in, in soccer where you know he's he's not that good he's maybe a top 200 player in the world maybe a, a very generously he's top terrible. 100 but, <laughs> but um, top 100 in the world yeah but <laughs> you know he's American so I like, when I whenever I go to a card show and somebody offers me a Christian Pulisic card I buy it and I sell it to an American you know and because he has that that hometown hero kind of thing so I think Logan Sargent is going to be really interesting to watch, but just don't be fooled. If you see his prices moving, don't be fooled into thinking that he's the next Michael Schumacher. It, it's a large part to do with the fight that he's American.
3: So what I, what, I, what, what I find interesting in what you're saying is, as somebody that speculates on sports cards all the time, right? Yeah. I, this is something I said in the beginning of the football season, why I thought Tua before concussions was a great buy. Because, that, not before last season, but before this season, because he didn't have a great year and he didn't have any expectations and then he did something good he beat, he did, he won a few games he looked really good his prices went up a lot right so the low expectation to me makes me feel like even if he isn't good you don't have a lot to lose on the low end but if he actually does something like wins a race there's a ton of upside
4: oh yeah i mean if he yeah if he ever won a race it would be it would be like you know a payday but i think the thing is you could potentially buy up a lot of his cards and if they all go up by you know ten or twenty percent or or hundred percent over the course of the season, that's that's quite a nice investment. And um, you also have other rookies like Oscar Piastri. So Piastri's at McLaren now, um, where Lando Norris is the senior driver. And um, Piastri is a fantastic uh, young driver. They were kind of a lot of the consensus over the winter was that uh, McLaren were going to hit the ground running. They haven't had a great testing uh, time, so uh, there was a, a headline recently in the Daily Mail. Lando Norris punches a wall while Aussie young gun Oscar Piastri spins out in disastrous pre-season session as teething problems see McLaren become punching bags on social media. So that's not great, but there is a chance that Oscar that. Piastri uh, has a strong performance later on in the season when McLaren uh, figure out what they're doing and Lando Norris could be a big beneficiary of that as well.
2: So, okay, so at this point, the, he's a rookie in this product. He's considered a
4: rookie, I guess is how you would word that? Um, so I'm just trying to think if Piastri's rookie is in 2020 or 21, let me just double check for you here.
2: Okay. So it's not necessarily this product then. No, but the Logan rookie
4: is, is this product.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, with that in mind, you know, one of the things we talked about a little earlier in the show was, you know, Josh's view to investing, uh, in basketball specifically, but I think you could apply this to any sport is, you know, go after the teams first that you think are going to go to the championships, going to go far and then invest in those players with, you know, the, the American put him aside because we already established why someone would still go after that. Would you apply the same here? Like if the, the obviously McLaren doesn't sound like they're doing so hot for this season, as far as their racing uh, car goes, does that mean then you wouldn't necessarily view them as a championship, uh, uh, someone who could potentially win the championship and therefore maybe not invest in this yeah, specific I mean, guy?
4: The thing about F1 at the moment is, so obviously you've only got 20 drivers on the grid, so it's already super limited. And then within that, you really only have three teams that are have any hope of winning the title, and that's Mercedes, uh, Red Bull, and Ferrari. So I think between them, they shared something like 65 of the available 66 podiums last season you know they're just like the big 3 and um then within that big 3 you've had max verstappen run away with the with the championship last year and and dramatically beat lewis hamilton to it the year before um so you you know it's really of the big 3 there's one favorite and that's that's max verstappen and and red bull and then you've ferrari who had a great start to last season and then just had no reliability and some terrible uh, in-game or in-race in, in race strategies and then you have Mercedes I mean like one of the things I have here in my notes is just that like I personally think that Lewis Hamilton has been written off by a lot of collectors and investors um, and by just a lot of fans in general like everyone loves a comeback if Lewis Hamilton has the right car under him um, this year and starts to put some performances together I mean he didn't win a race all last season and his prices have dipped but they haven't you know gone to zero because he's the Greatest of all time. So um, if he wins a race, when he wins a race this season, I'm going to call it if, if he wins a race.
2: Okay, fair. <laughs> I mean, I just
4: think prices, you know, momentum could gather behind his prices so quickly. Um, basically comes down to whether or not you think Hamilton still has it, or the Mercedes have a chance this year. But if they do, I think a lot of people who maybe have been holding their, their Lewis Hamilton cards are going to have a happy day. All right.
2: Um, can I ask you a few mailbag questions? Uh, yes. And specifically, I think some F2, but mainly f one uh, based stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, first question, Connor Larson from the Facebook. Who are the current F2 guys or some of the fresh faces in F1 worth prospecting outside of the standard big names, Hamilton, Leclerc and Verstappen?
4: You touched on that, but is there anything else you would mention there? Um, I would just mention that like it's, F one is not a sport where you really have to go too far into prospecting. It, the sport is is built that only the most elite drivers can ever get anywhere near the top. And um, so it's not a case of you go from Verstappen, Leclerc, Hamilton, and then you have to go digging deep in the in the feeder leagues. You know, I mean, you got got loads of guys in the middle. And um, but as I said, Oscar Piastri, uh, Logan Sargent and um, you also have maybe filling in this weekend for Aston Martin uh Felipe Drugovich who's the uh, I believe the current F2 champion a brazilian driver uh, so drugovich and then you also have nick de vries uh, as another rookie driving this this year so um i think piastri sergeant um, piastri and Sargent are the two i would i would look at uh, if you were confident in their in their teams and um, but don't go too. I mean, like you could easily invest in uh, like Alpine this season. The French uh, team have two French drivers, Esteban Ocon and um, Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I was going to say um, Pierre Gasly. So, <laughs> me too. So like Gas, Gasly and Ocon, <laughs> like their prices are are pretty much nowhere. But they're two great drivers. They're two young drivers who have ended up in the, you know, they're the creme de la creme of of, of drivers in the world. They're two of the best twenty drivers in the world and yet their prices are on the floor. So if you wanted to, to invest in a, in, a, in, a, in a guy with a big upside, you know, have a look at Ocon, have a look at Gasly, see how Alpine's testing is going, and maybe strategically buy one of those. You don't have to dip in and try and find some 17-year-old who no one's ever heard of.
2: Okay. Uh, well, to that point, Chris August wanted to know, between Piastri and Sargent, who do you think is going to be more successful?
4: I think this season uh, has to be Piastri. Um, and in general, I've just, I've heard more about him from kind of my friends who are big into racing. And I think Sargent has a lot of that hype, but it's a lot of it's qualified where it's like, he's really good. And then people kind of sneer and say, you know, foreign American. Um, so I would say long-term in terms of racing success, Piastri long-term in in terms of his card prices. I mean, if Sargent has a halfway decent career, as I say, his prices will be great. Okay. Um, when, tell me again,
2: I think you mentioned at the beginning, when is the first race? Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Awesome. Um, all right. I think there was one other question for you. Let me see. So, uh, yeah, there is a question about soccer. Now I know we've focused a lot of on F1, but Cole Benz wants to know for a budget of $200, what Mbappe is a good buy for a long-term hold? Any suggestions?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, like with a, with Mbappe $200 budget, like you're, you're not going to be no, there's no, I can't tell you about, a you know, a rare gem that you can grab now and that'll, that'll go up and up and up, but you could do worse than buying a PSA 10 uh, 2018 Prism uh, base card. So, I mean, like it's kind of the, maybe the last great base card in soccer and um, the 2018 uh, Prism Mbappe, that that kind of emergence onto the scene, that bursting onto the scene that he had at that World Cup is iconic and I, I kind of see that card holding its value you know, continuously. Now, whether the value rises, I don't know, but it'll at least keep up with the rest of its prices. And then if you wanted something a bit under the radar, you could maybe get yourself a couple of raw stickers from the 2017-18 uh, tops Champions League sticker set. Um, find a couple of raw ones from, you know, uh, a European uh, eBay seller. Uh, you might get lucky. You might get a PSA 9 or a PSA 10. And those are kind of one of the only two Uh, stickers that he has in his Monaco kit so Monaco was the first club he played for in France before he went to PSG Um, so it's like a second year sticker um, but if you can get it in a high grade it's a a nice uh, a nice little collectible so I would say try your luck on grading some raw 2017-18 tops UCL stickers or uh, find you know snipe an auction for a 2018 Prism base card PSA 10 perfect
2: Um, actually I refreshed the page we have one more F1 question for you okay so Jason Tennant wants to know, uh, we, we kind of talked about how it does seem to be a seasonal thing as far as popularity goes for F1 in the off season, it basically dying. But during the season, when would you say the peak is in, he specifically wants to know in Europe. I'm assuming also this is a European. Do you spell peak P-I-Q-U-E?
4: Yeah. Well, I would say I would spell a P-I-Q-U-E if I was saying something piqued my interest. But I would say P E A K if I was describing a peak, like a like a rise. But then maybe I'm not doing it right. I don't so
3: know. So might, there might be a what you're saying, Jesse. Right now, is there might be a grammar issue with somebody on Facebook? I'm not. No, I would never <laughs> claim that. I would never say that.
2: I'm saying I'm saying that I've never seen peak spelled like that. And if you would use peak, spell it that way in certain ways uh, outside of europe then i am obviously deficient in my own grammar but if this is a strictly european thing then i would feel a lot better beside the point go back (laughs) answer the question jason when is the peak in
4: europe well um i think the peak in in f1 interest is there's two things at the moment in the calendar one is when the new season of drive to survive gets released and the start of the season which is just coming up and then the end of the season. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's the same and it's kind of classic sport rules apply. You know, it's the it's the start of the season when everyone's all potential and it's the end of the season when you're at the business end. Um, but just particularly for this year, we're going to have our first uh, Grand Prix in Las Vegas, which is going to be just a huge, massive event, you know. Um, and it's uh, that one is the second last race of the season, which means it could be a completely irrelevant or it could be a championship decider. Ooh. So we could potentially have in Vegas for the first time F1 racing, and you know a championship decider on the line. We could have Hamilton shooting it out with Verstappen. It could be Leclerc in there. Who knows? Um, so I would say, hopefully, if we have a good season, we have a dramatic season. If we have a compelling season, then right around the Las Vegas Grand Prix, um, interest should be should be peaked. Not just for, the, for this season, but actually could be a peak in terms of a five or 10 year span, certainly in
3: America. It could be the peak of peaking my interest.
4: (laughs) That's right. Peak of peak.
2: Um, All right. That's enough from both of you. Just go ahead and cut off. Just get out of here. No, I appreciate it. Uh, Jason, thank you so much, man, Uh, especially because every time we talk like soccer or F1, I always end up getting a little more hype than I was. And at this point, like knowing that it starts this Sunday, it's kind of the perfect timing to start talking about this. Um, But just to be clear, this is the 2023 season that's starting. The show that's on Netflix, the Drive to Survive, that's all 2022 stuff, right? That's last year.
4: Yeah. So, so, la- so it's the new season, Drive to Survive, will be about last year. The products, the top products that are coming out right now are also covering last year. Last year. Yeah. So, that, you know, it's all that stuff, the, the Drive to Survive and the cards are a year behind. Sure. But the, so, uh, the, Oh, what
2: was his name? The American um, sergeant, 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 and and Piastri. They
4: are, are they on the show? The um. So I'm actually not quite sure. Piastri might be because he's been around a little while. Okay. Um But uh, they're certainly all going to be on the show next year. But they're in the product, the 2022 product. Yes. Or no? Exactly. Okay. So so Piastri is in 2021 product as a, as a, an F2 driver, F2 driver. Okay. And, um, Sergeant is in the 2022 product as an F2 driver as an F2. Okay. All right. Got it.
2: Um, very interesting. Thank you for making me feel a little less dumb when it comes to F1. Um, absolute pleasure as always. Do you have anything else you wanted to plug or talk about before uh, we kick you off?
4: Yes, I would like to say that if anyone would like to see that F1 Dynasty rip that I talked about, uh, it's on the Soccer Cards United YouTube channel. Please head over there.
2: How dare you? Hey, while you're there, go go to the Sports Cards Nonsense page. Go check out the live podcast Mike and I did. Okay, that's it. I, it was a sandwich in. It's a SCN, then SCU, and then SCN again. So
4: We can all be friends.
2: <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you okay. for joining. Bye-bye, Jesse. Jason. Nice to meet you,
4: Josh. See you there. Nice, Bye-bye
2: and then there were two and soon to be one. All right, Josh, no, I'm afraid. I am so sorry. I know I said we were going to talk about the project, but we're literally out of time. Can you get hit a quick rundown of what it is? So guys can, cause you're, you're also doing like some social media content around it and then we'll go from there.
3: So a couple of weeks ago, Zach and I decided that we would startup project. We've got a lot of people asking us questions about how we grew our business, where we started, if you could still make money grading cards or rip, ripping wax or anything like that. So we decided to each take $1,000. I am going to buy singles on eBay, send them to grading companies and sell them. And Zach is going to rip sealed product, grade some of it, sell some of it. And we're going to see how we do by the end of the year. And we're going to record the whole thing in a YouTube series.
2: That's awesome. I actually love that because it's similar to Mike and I did that when we were doing more YouTube content. We were trying to just kind of keep track. How can you make money, like grade your way out of certain boxes, things like that. But yours sounds
3: a little more in-depth. I like the competition aspect of it, too. We're we're doing it two different ways so that we're not competing for stuff on eBay. Um, But also we're going to show like all the Excel sheets that we make and we're going to use the rates that we offer to customers. So it's going to be our consignment table, and it's going to be our grading rates, not taking advantage of any of the discounts that we have. So nice. we're, okay. we're going to make it as if we were a person that was getting started or somebody that's trying to learn on how to do it, right? Joe Schmo in the hobby. Okay, yep. very cool. And that, they go to what? PC Sports Cards YouTube? PC Sports Cards YouTube. Probably talk about our Instagram. Probably make Jesse and Mike bring us back on here to talk about it. Never um, some, so and. Yeah, and we got some cool stuff changing on the on the website. Um, if you don't mind me saying it. Um Oh my god, you already plugged one thing. Why not two? Go ahead. Hell yeah. Um <laughs> we're increasing our payout rate on high-end <laughs> items over ten thousand dollars. We're also getting rid of payout fees for checks if you want to regularly mail check or an ACH over a hundred dollars and any wires over a thousand dollars. And um We're going to start a tracker on the website down the road about your cards being checked in, sort of like our grading tracker, where we check in your cards. You see how far they are till they get launched. So you have more clarity into where your cards are every step of the way. Even though we're already updating and communicating, we're going to try to make it a more seamless process on the website.
2: Bottom line, sports cards, uh, BC Sports Cards is a great company, and they're also doing fun stuff and content wise. So get out of here. You're welcome. Now, uh, Josh, thank you, man. I, I am the one uh, saying thank you. I really do appreciate you coming on. This was fun and it was a good update as far as uh, what's selling, what's not, and uh, just having someone to talk to that's, you know, not yelling at my, the size of my fingers. I would never
3: berate you to your face. To my face? That is all <laughs> I ask. That's all I ask.
2: Save it for the Facebook forums. All right. Thank you, oh, Josh, thank so you. much. Tell Zach we said, hey, we'll talk to you later, man. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right. There you go, folks. What a show. What a show. And it's going a little long. I thought you never know when it's a solo show. Is it going to be 45 minutes? Is it going to be 32 seconds? Nope. I made it. I made it over an hour, but the show's not over. We did want to point out a couple things, including uh, some contests. First off, I want to be better about this. Whenever we do contests, sometimes we forget to post up winners. And every so often someone will be like, hey, who won this? It makes me just think like, oh, we should probably say just so people aren't thinking like, oh, we ran a contest and didn't give it away. I don't think we've ever done that. Uh, But Edgar Dominguez won the NFT contest for the Panini Hoops uh, NFTs we did last week. We're going to be doing another contest. There's uh, currently one already up on the Facebook page for uh, a couple boxes of hoops, I believe. But we're going to be doing another contest. I'm hoping we're going to give away a box of mosaic But check out the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, We're going uh, in collaboration with the Mint uh, Collective that is, again, coming up March 30th, I believe, is the first day. But out in Vegas, they're giving away more tickets. So uh, we're going to have four more winners. Three of those are going to get uh, two tickets each to go to the show. One of those winners is going to get a box, possibly Mosaic. We'll find out when we post it up on social media. And they'll also get tickets as well. Uh, So keep an eye out for that this week. Again, this is February the 27th. We're recording. So extrapolate a few days from here and you'll see it on social media. Uh, Thanks again to the guests, including my lovely wife. Appreciate that. Uh, This has been Sports Cards Nonsense brought to you by The Ringer, powered by Spotify. It's been an absolute pleasure from sports, sport. I don't even know my own name from sports boys heart to yours. Have a great one.